And we are live for another episode of First Strike. It's KYT. Before we start the show, I'll plug our sponsor, facefacegames.com, the number one place to buy your Magic of the Gathering singles. But this week's sale is not Magic of the Gathering. It's 15% off all Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! singles, as well as discounts on select seal product. Tonight, we welcome back a fellow co-host who's been missing for a while, but, but he came back not too long ago and someone that... I always miss him when I message now again to see how he's doing. And he's been doing great because this past weekend, he ended up winning the Camara 3K Modern Tournament. Welcome back to the show, my man Derek Pike, Misplaced Ginger. How's it going? Things are good. I can't really complain, you know, just playing Magic occasionally and, uh, you know, doing it live out here. This, uh, this new uh, broadcasting thing that we're using, it's very new to me. And that's probably the most interesting thing that's happened to me in the past <laughs> little bit since I've been on. This is wild. I mean, I, I've been wanting to do this for a long time, but been lazy. YouTube had this like easy thing that required no OBS, no XSplit. You just use your browser and you, and you get in and you can record. And now because they're discontinuing on the on the 1st of August, they, they killed it. Now I'm forced to learn OBS and set everything up and then finally stream on Twitch, finally stream on Facebook, hopefully, because I think that's one of the better places to be streaming this type of content. Um, so here we are. Here we are with some new technology, Derek. I'm excited. The only thing uh, I wish we could do is just see Elliot's beautiful face at all times. I have the Twitch stream on the other side, and it's like my face and your face. I think we need more more Elliot and more like John like leaning into his laptop camera. <laughs> That's also very good. I miss these things. I can't wait. Well, we're going to get a lot of Elliot, a lot of John once we get to the modern breakdown of uh, their, their SCG Vegas plans and stuff like that, especially last week. We had John very fired up about people dismissing Neoform constantly, and he had, he had enough. He had enough, but Andy, Andy was there to still rip him a new one. So um, let's go, Derek, let's go straight to you there. So Modern, what did you play? How did you crush the tournament? Were you testing stuff? Did you just play your old faithful Is it Phoenix? I did no testing whatsoever. Uh, I played the same list I played at the MCQ in Toronto a couple weeks ago, except I cut an Anger of the Gods for a Factor Fiction. I got pretty lucky to win. I think, uh, like, the paper meta is drastically – or, like, local paper metas are drastically different than, like, Pro Tour metas. So when when people are, like, worried about Hogak, it's just, like, not a real issue because um, not as many people are playing it. Um, and like the one time I played against Hogak, I don't know if my opponent actually made any mistakes, but like, obviously I had to play pretty tight to win, but it just felt easy. It felt like the matchup wasn't as bad as people were saying it was, which I just don't think is correct. Cause I know Hogak is the best deck in the format. And like, I won the, I won the event with, is it Phoenix? And it just like, I knew I was playing the wrong deck, wrong deck the entire event and some matchup just felt easy still. So I, I think I, ha I had to get a little lucky. Um, I don't know. I, it, I think it goes, it goes, it goes really, it's really weird how when people say like, oh, I'm retiring or I'm taking a step back and then they like crush an event. I think that's just this. I think I just got a little lucky and 
want an event with a deck that I know how to play. Um, John, John, when, when people say that, I'll go to you just to get your insight because I, I, I love uh, when you're fired up. Uh, when people say that, uh, they don't care and they, they start winning and then you hear his stories, you hear Stratsky say that a lot. Do you think it's just uh, survivor uh, bias and, and a lot of people who say that just fail and, and never come back? I think it's a bit of both, but I do think that like when you don't care and when you don't like pressure, put pressure on yourself as much, um, you, you tend to do better. And I think it just, it's just not, it's not just like magic by everything else as well. I also do think that people do say that more often than not for theatrics, but um, yeah, it's, a, it's probably a bit of column A, a bit of column B. Uh, back to you, Derek. Like, what, what did you face? Who, who did you face? Uh, did you get lucky in like all these matchups, really? So I, I don't know if it's just magic events in general or if it's just like the Kitchener area, but there's not really that high level, that many high level players. Like, oh. Edgar, <laughs> shots, shots fired. I mean, like Morgan was there, but Morgan's the only person that I'm really worried about playing in the entire event. And like, that's not a talk down. Like nobody else has really any results. Um, Edgar and crew usually go to the States, play SCGs. And there's also a, a face-to-face uh, trios open in Toronto this weekend. So we missed a lot of the Toronto players. There's some local people who are, who are good and they're, they're on the up and up, but I wouldn't necessarily say like, like I'm worried about playing them or anything. Um, like I said, I only played Hogak once it was in the quarters. I beat him in two. I was on the play. Uh, I just put two things in the ices into play and he didn't answer them. That was it. Um, I played humans twice, which is, I feel like a buy for me. Played blue white, played dredge. Got lucky in that matchup because that matchup isn't good. And then dodged mono red phoenix and mono red burn all day. And just oh, I also played like two Naya Zoo decks. Got pretty lucky there. So I I don't know. It's modern's a weird format. Um, felt like I I, <laughs> I think if if my opponent was as good as I am and we played and they were on the deck they were the entire time, I wouldn't have won as much. I think uh, a lower play level had a lot to do with it, but I also think I got pretty lucky in general. Um, well, there's a Montreal MCQ uh, hosted by Face to Face Games uh, this Saturday at the Sheraton Hotel, as can be seen in the top right corner if you're watching our, our Twitch stream. Uh, what would you play or recommend your friends uh, play if they, if they were gaming that one? Uh, I don't know when the BNR announcement is, but I would just play Hogak. And if you're, if you don't want to play Hogak, just play a deck you're comfortable with. I really like Phoenix. Uh, I think it's still powerful and I'm winning with it. So I would just play Phoenix, even though I know Hogak's the best deck. I feel like that's the modern format. Like somebody want a GP with, uh, spread. Somebody want a GP with elves. Uh, Nick at two is his name. He made the finals with Merfolk. Like, I don't really think it matters that much. It's probably a mistake to not play Hogak, but you can probably win if you don't still. So I don't know. Just play a deck you're, you know, and you're good with. Don't play poorly. Have you kept up to date as to what different Hogak lists or, or tweaks? Do you have any preference if you were to like, just take one, take a Hogak list from, from the internet? Uh, I think the Hedron Crab version is worse than the Lotless Troll version, but I haven't played enough to actually know the numbers. Um, I know that people who are playing like the Hedron Crab version were having mana issues. Uh, 
I think you need main deck removal, whether it's Lightning Axe or Fatal Push, Assassin's Trophy, some amount. I think having main deck ley lines kind of loose, but you could probably still get away with it. Um, for the most part, the deck is essentially the same. Put Hogak into play on turn two 60% of the time and hope your opponent doesn't kneel form you, I guess. That's, that's, that's the deck. That's it. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> All right, all right. Let's go to Elliot. Last last episode, we you you got me hyped up. You know why you got me hyped up, Elliot? And I'm disappointed because you told me that you were back into the cabal. You were back into John shenanigans. You were gonna play Neoform. Not only that, John was also gonna be there, so that would double the chances that we get a first strike Neo brand list in the top eight. But then you also put out a plea, a plea to the first strike listeners. For someone to lend you a Hogak deck, tell me, give, give me the results of that. Uh, I got contacted by a fan of the show. I'm gonna shout him out quick. His name's Joel Smith. He's from Saskatchewan, so out west. Uh, much love to him. He messaged me on Twitter, offering me the entire deck. Uh, I'm meeting him uh, Friday morning before the GP starts, uh, blindly hoping he's like not trolling me, because <laughs> otherwise I'll be pretty screwed. But uh, yeah, I'm officially playing Hogak. I'm, I'm once again selling my Cabal, Cabal All Access Pass. Uh, any garbage deck that you need content for, hit me up because I can, I'll, I'll get you access into John's private Cabal room uh, where they're testing not Hogak for some reason. Um, and so instead of, instead of like O3 dropping with, with Neoform, I'm going to win the GP with Hogak. Uh, oh, yeah, Elliot, you, you mentioned on Twitter you were plugging someone, I guess a friend of yours, a local, someone I've never heard of just like uh, before, I never heard of Detective Dollywall, um, someone who, who you, you claim to have a good Hogak knowledge and cyborg guide and you should follow him or, or support him by giving him five bucks for his guide. Uh, who is this person? Uh, yeah, so that was Joe DeJoy. He's like a, I guess I'll call him an SCG grinder. He plays as many as he can, I think. Uh, he's from, I think it's uh, Philadelphia he lives in. Um, and so I, I've, I met him at some events in upstate New York, kind of like a bunch of mutual friends with him. We were chatting um, when I was preparing for uh, my last MCQ when I was playing Monorod because I knew that he had been grinding a ton of Hogak. Uh, so we were chatting back and forth about like what the best cyborg cards the mono red deck had access to and you know it, it was clear that like he really understood the hogak side of that matchup and i knew that he had been posting on twitter uh he'd been testing hogak pretty much since it like broke out with bertram below and before that he was playing a ton of dredge so this is really his wheelhouse this is like the strategy he is the most success most experienced with um so then when you know i got the message i think, I think it was like last friday or something uh, I like immediately went to him and was like, Hey man, like I got to learn Hogak in three days. Can you help me? And he's been like super helpful. Gave me his list. Uh, he like wrote out the sideboard guide and the guide to the deck explaining all the choices like for me pretty much to take to the tournament. Um, so I, I mean, just as much as people should show uh, Joel Smith their love for helping me out. Uh, share your love to Joe DeJoy on Twitter. I think that's his handle as well, just at, at his name. Um, if, you're, if you're looking to play Hogak this weekend or, or 
I don't know, maybe your Tuesday local modern event after it gets banned on the Monday, that's the best place to go. And if, if he goes back to playing dredge afterwards, then he's right up there with like Sodek in my mind of like dredge grinders who are going to be able to produce good content for that. Um, do you, what version is he, is he playing or is there anything specific about his list that, that you find better than others? I know we had Fournier on last week and, and he talked about force of vigor a lot. So um, your thoughts. Uh, yeah, I don't want to spill too many beans. It's like kind of behind a paywall, but it is the Lotless Troll version. Um, I think that pretty much the, like the Hogak deck is like 54 cards, and then the last six is like Insolent Neonates or Crabs or Lotless Trolls and Removal, and that's like pretty much what you're playing around with. Um, oh, according to uh, Andy saying his list is, Twitter, is on Twitter on the open, so you can go check it out. It has four Force Vigor in the sideboard as well. That's like a big card I found in my testing, just having the free interaction to start like doing degenerate stuff in the sideboard, uh, in the sideboard games. Um, he's also playing a copy of Dryad Arbor, which is, has actually come in like major clutch for me and is not a card that I think a lot of people have on their radar for the deck. Um, just because, you know, normally you can't, uh, fetch for lands that can cast Hogak, but Dryad Arbor fulfills that role, uh, and has some other implications as well. Um, so I think that's like a really sweet innovation as well. And, and to go back to what I was saying, where you have like the 54 card Hogak deck with six cards, I, I think it doesn't really matter too much what you're playing in between the crab, the lot with trolls, uh, or the neonates with thugs. Uh, but what draws me to the, the lot with troll version is that it's just less painful on the mana. Um, you have fewer shock lines that you have to be relying on. You don't need to be as aggressive getting Blood Crypt because the only four red cards in the deck are Faithless Looting. So it's sort of a position of either you have it or you don't, and otherwise you can just be a straight green-black deck. So I, I do like the fact that it's just focusing on the two colors with that Light Splash um, because I found that there's a lot of matchups where their entire plan against you is to try to Goldfish kill you. So I think that there's like a lot of value in saving even two or three points of life over the course of a game that just being the more green-black version gets you. And, and if the neonate or crab version is better in terms of executing your game plan, it's not by such a large margin that it's worth uh, expending the life points, in my opinion. All right. So, so you're ready? Where are you leaving when you're arriving? Uh, so I'm leaving a Thursday night, uh, doing a bit of Vegas stuff that night, playing the GP. Uh, our, my whole group has decided that if we, by some gross misfortune, don't day two the GP, we're going to skip the limited one and just do some Vegas sightseeing on the Sunday. So uh, it's we're doubling down Magic and the Gathering. <laughs> Is this your first time in Vegas? Yeah. Okay, sweet, sweet. I think you're going to have lots of fun. Um, Let's let's go to John. John, are you are you disappointed that he sort of ditched the cabal once again? Is is he allowed? How many times can you ditch the cabal and come back in? Well, let me tell you, cabal is very unforgiving on deserters, and uh, I mean, we we let him in. We let him back in the first time. You know, he unceremoniously threw out the all access cabal pass. Came back for some reason. I was all ready to just like neoform it up. Top eight. You know, we'll see in the finals. Neoform mirror in the finals, but. No, a kind soul on the internet 
just hooked him up, and I'm just so disappointed. And yeah, I don't, I don't know if I can like welcome him back into the cabal ever again, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> Two seconds after I say I'm thinking of registering Grizzle Brand, John's gonna be DMing me. Check out this list. This is my new Grizzle Brand deck. It's got Ilharg the Raise Boar or something. <laughs> um, John, you're, you put up the most comprehensive primer that I've ever seen. Um, just, just look when you send it to me. I'm like expecting the usual, you know, a thousand, thousand five hundred words that I, that I get from from my fellow writers. But honestly, it's like not only is it long and comprehensive, it's in multiple parts, and I'm hoping to have the final part up by either tonight or tomorrow morning uh, for everyone going to Vegas with it. Um, so you're definitely bringing this deck, and uh, I, I can't imagine anything's changed in terms of your confidence heading into Vegas. No, and the thing really is, like, the the rise of the red decks, like Mono Red, Phoenix, and Burn, it's, it's a bit weird. Like, like, I don't really get it because I don't think it's that favored, if at all, against Hogak, but that is the premise that people seem to be coming up uh, seem to be using when they're picking up these decks. Like, Mono Red Phoenix is everywhere. Uh, Monastery Swift Spirit is, like, everywhere online, and I don't think you can escape it. And um, with that being said, like, Neoform, like, just farms Hogak as well as Burn and Mono Red Phoenix. And, you know, uh, given that Blue-White has a, a tough time against Burn and uh, Mono Red Phoenix, like, I can't imagine um, the standing uh, uh, Neoform's position has worsened. I think it's gotten better, but as Derek Derek really said, the like paper metagame is like a different animal. Um, you really can only metagame it so much, especially in modern. You just have to have like a present a powerful proactive strategy that that has a plan against top decks. You can't really metagame metagame it. So, like I'm expecting maybe like Birmingham had like 10% Hogak, which is unheard of for a deck that's about to get banned, but you know, people don't want to invest in uh, soon-to-be-banned deck, but people just don't like the playstyle of like Leyline, the Leyline sub-game in post-port games. So, like, I don't think it's going to be that metagame, but um, I, I still think that the deck is very strong in this metagame, and I'll be happy to uh, be winning the MCQ and the GP with that in the most. <laughs> um, John, did you mention that you were going to play this past weekend? Did that come to fruition? What do you mean? I think... Or because you said you would play last episode, you said you would play in two uh, different tournaments. Was it uh, this past weekend, or did you mean like two tournaments? No, it's it's, it, it's for Vegas. It's the it's the modern MCQ on Thursday and the main main event on Friday. Okay, so you're gonna be playing. So who else have you been able to convince in the cabal to to like? Am I? There's there are multiple people for us to cheer for as part of the cabal fan base. I, I certainly picked up Hoodwink a lot more people than I thought here. Like, I have, like, four or five people locally that's bringing it. I've got a bunch of messages from random strangers on the internet that said, you know, I'll, I, I read your article, I top eight in my MCQ because of it, et cetera, et cetera. So that's cool. Uh, noted uh, Arthur of the uh, 18damage.com, which is a fantastic Falcon uh, resource, uh, Marshall. Uh, he, he got tired of getting crushed by Pogax, so... Somehow he's, uh, I've hoodwinked him into ditching Scapeshift for um, a Neoform, which is kind of interesting. So we, we got a bunch of people, I think, uh, that are, that are going to play Neoform, and hopefully we can, make, make, we can make some noise. I really think that we're well-positioned. All right, sweet. And good to go to you, Andy. You're just going to be uh, chilling uh, this weekend? Well, once again, I'm left without any PTQs that I'm allowed to play in. So I've just uh, been struck out all season, not allowed to play. But I actually hope that uh, the Hogak, not the Hogak, the Neoform 
experiment goes well because if it, if it was ever primed to do well, this is the kind of tournament it could do well in, and maybe it will do well and it'll get banned. That deck is like, yeah, that deck is is either has to be bad or banned in my opinion, and so hopefully <laughs> it, uh, it'll be banned after John top eights. <laughs> he has to he has to win the MCQ and win win the mag, win the GP of Magic Fest. Um, eh. Well, for for whatever it's worth, I'm on I'm I'm in the same page. I don't think it's very healthy. Like, it, I think it's cancerous to for the format to have a deck like this. Like I'm turn I'm I'm ending games on turn one like at like thirteen percent rate. Like, that's just not acceptable. Like in modern, like like Legacy is one thing, right? It has Force of Will and all that. And like, I think it deserves to be eventually banned, even if it's not for competitive reasons. It's, it's just because it's like such a miserable deck to play against. But you know, as long as it's legal, like I don't think it's immoral for me to play it. So I'm just gonna keep uh, keep winning, and hopefully, uh, I can get it banned. Andy, how are you gonna keep your skills sharp? Like, what, what are you doing? Even what can you do? Uh, they are not sharp. <laughs> I've I've not basically what I decided to do is. Uh, I was already thinking about, if you remember, about taking a, like a mini break from Magic, and I was considering skipping the modern season. So I've just decided I'm just going to like take in a bunch of content, maybe check out these sweet standard decks, and uh, leave modern alone until Hogak gets, uh, gets dealt with properly. And then uh, I'll go uh, full, back, full back on it. But uh, for events-wise, I'm just going to focus on... Uh, Focus on other things. Not not going to go travel to events. There's not a lot of events for me to travel to except cash from events, and I'm not really interested in them at the moment. All right, uh, Derek. Uh, you you had mentioned uh, when you came back that of course you had to sort of do a reassessment of uh, your devotion to the game and, and stuff like that, and, and content and your Twitch channel. So where are you not now after after just taking down this 3K? Are you more focused on, on the job side, on, on non-magic stuff? Uh, keep, update us. Yeah, so uh, it's pretty up in the air. My lease is over at the end of the month. Uh, I found a place uh, living with a friend of mine. Um, once I move in and get everything settled, like the plan is to really think about what my next year or two is going to be like. Uh, I might go back to school just because like, everything's sort of a bit more settled now. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to say with, with the new announcements from wizards, it, it gives me a bit more hope for what GPs are looking like for the future. And so maybe, maybe there's more of a, um, an incentive for me to play more magic, but I'm not entirely sure. Like I know that like, I'm going to be working at a magic store for the next little bit. So my, my interaction with Magic is going to be high in general. It's just really finding a want to play more than just like once a month, with, which I still don't really currently have, but I have other things taking up my time. Um, maybe in the future, if things settle down a bit, I'll tune back in, but I'm still not 100% sure. It's not out of the question, though, I guess is what I should say. I've learned from – I don't know when I, when I started to work at Face, but uh, I've learned I definitely can get away – with not playing uh, for long stretches, thanks to you guys, and still remain uh, to still have a pulse on everything in the in the magic world. Uh, so that's pretty sweet, um, man. So Vegas recommend 
specific recommendations. Elliot, do you know exactly uh, what people want to do or want to go to, or uh, have the other people like John maybe chime in after? Uh, well, I can tell you that our my group of people I'm going with, we're first of all going to Fogo de Chao, which is like maybe a little lame to go to in Vegas because it's a chain and there's like they're all over the states, but it's absolutely the best meal I've ever had in my entire life. We went in Philadelphia. It's like all you can eat uh, Brazilian steakhouse. So they just like come around with skewers of like picanha and filet mignon and all this stuff. And it's like, it's all you can eat. It's insane. Uh, and then forget the name of the, we're going for Korean barbecue. And then, I don't know, it's kind of like a mix of touristy stuff. We don't have like a firm plans, but there's like so much to do in Vegas. I feel like you can't go too wrong. We got D Root in the house saying Lotus SIM. That was like one that's recommended by a lot of Magic players. And uh, when when I went, and I definitely decided to hit that place up, and it was definitely one of the best places uh, in Vegas that I've eaten at, and I've been there more, almost a handful of times at least. Uh, John, any any comments? Did you get to experience Vegas as a uh, as a um, noted foodie? Vegas is amazing. Um, it has like a, a lot of like the best of like different cuisines from the world. And uh, actually uh, I invited, despite uh, Elliot defecting from the cabal, uh, invited uh, Elliot to go to Lotus of, uh, Lotus of Oh, oh shit. <laughs> and so uh, the BTL cabal and I will be going to the uh, Lotus on Thursday, but Lotus is like one of the two spots that I always go to when I, every time I go to Vegas, I just make, trying to make it a point. It's just awesome. It's just world-class. Like it, it, there's so much to explore. Um, the other place I, I always go to is Rolling Smoke uh, Barbecue. It has like some of the best barbecue like I've ever had. Uh, it's uh, burnt ends are like just like insane. Um, if you're ever if you're in uh, if you're in Vegas and you want barbecue, I will look that up. Um, yeah, Vegas has a lot of things to do, and food is uh, food is like definitely on the top of my list. There's so much to explore. Well, I do just want to say I can't go to Lotus with John because my flight lands at eight thirty. That's I, out of my control. <laughs> Okay, I take it back. You, you said that you already have plans all night, but I didn't, I didn't realize. Yeah, that's getting like, drunk. Got it, got it. Okay. It, it's a, Lotus would be a great pre, uh, uh, pre, uh, pre-drinking meal, so just FYI. But, you know, I would, I, I would just recommend going there sometimes. It's, like, super good, and you won't regret it. Just my two Okay, despite D-Root not, not being fond of your deck choice, he's fond of your food choices, uh, John. Um, did, do you like going to uh, downtown Vegas? Do you like spending time there? Did you get a chance to spend the time there? You, you, you just have to go once, you know, just to see, like, Binion's and, like, all the old-school, like, Vegas, um, like, the remnants of the old-school Vegas. But after you go once, like, you kind of realize it's like, kind of, like, trashy and, like, old. And, you know, I, like, I know there's a certain charm to that grunginess, but I just, like, stay on the strip and, like, around, um, around Vegas um, otherwise. <laughs> I, I usually stay, um, actually, I'm going to turn the camera back to me for just a sec. Yeah, I, I used to, the first time when I stayed on the strip on Treasure Island, I've stayed at the Bellagio, I've stayed at the Luxor and um, the one next to the Luxor. But I've also stayed with, when I went to the GP one year with, with Alex Hayne and, and Frankie and my other friends, we stayed at El Cortez, which is a cheap, hotel in downtown Vegas sounds horrible, but it was, it was passable and it was just, it was a lot cheaper. So, um, at one point Vegas 
downtown had really cheap buffets and, and they were really good deals. But, but I've heard from other people that they've sort of like made them a bit more expensive than they used to be. But I think as a whole, you can get, still get a lot of cheap eats there. Maybe not, obviously not the best. And, and if you're foodie like, like John, don't waste your time on, on those places. Right. Right, John. If you do a bit of Googling, this is 2019 grandpa car. If you do a bit of Googling, then you'll see like, even like from the bottom end, like in terms of like price to like top end, whatever cuisine you want, whatever spectrum you want to like, you want your food in, like you're just going to find something bigger. So I would just like recommend next time you go, just like uh, just Google a bit, I guess. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, to sort of, really transition to this topic and this topic has been talked to on this show since its inception every year which is the the hall of fame andy if if john were able to win the mcq and the magic fest in the same weekend is that is that a a good start to a hall of fame career in your opinion uh yes it's better probably better than most people's start (laughs) um so john john can't wait for that to happen. Um, every year I waffle. I tweeted that I waffle between uh, what I think the Hall of Fame should be about. Sometimes I think of the whole, like other sports. I'm like, oh man, if you can't tell the story without this guy. And then I think about it from a pure stats standpoint because it's hard to sort of quantify some someone's community contributions, especially those that I don't really know. Um, Andy, where were you at? If you could, I, I know some people hate this topic to death, so... Um, if we can keep it as, as slim, <laughs> as sleek as possible, what what are your quick thoughts on this upcoming Hall of Fame? Um, well, I hope it doesn't get as uh, as ugly as the last one did. But I like uh, I would probably vote for, and I have not put nearly enough thought into this. I guess I'll preface this. Okay, first impressions. First, first, first take. impression. <laughs> I would like uh, I like Reed Duke. He's just the the wholesome. Everyone probably agrees with it. I like uh, Jerry T. Brad Nelson, and uh, I hope I'm not missing someone extremely obvious. But those are the three that I that I like. But I would like intensely research anyone who like isn't North American, so that I'm like trying to give them a fair shake at it because it's so easy to just have this horrible bias. Uh, for people who aren't North American because you don't know them as well as you know the other people. But I just like the Brad Nelson's like got this, like one of the best deck builders, one of the best standard players of all time. So he has something, right? Like people are always going to remember him for being the best perhaps ever at this thing. And then Jerry T is like perhaps one of the, one of the most important pros of all time. He like showed everyone the roadmap with like writing and content creation and uh, he's just a great person and shows that you can be above the game sometimes. And then uh, there's Reed Duke, who's also just like class, sportsmanship, and crazy good results. So those are the three uh, that come to mind right away. I know, I, just because we both follow sports, uh, me and you, Andy, um, would you, it's, it's tough, it's different, because Brad Nelson, at least, at least standard, is like a big part of magic. But when you're thinking about like the best punt returner ever and stuff like that, uh, should those people get in when you're thinking about best dunkers? It's, it's easy because Vince also was a good player. So that's an easy one. Vince was only like elite (laughs) for like seven, seven or eight years. Right. So, but I think he should get in. 
because he's he's got something right he's got something that nobody else has and i think uh so what brad nelson also does is he's like a huge innovator with like he didn't he top eight like three standard GPs with three different decks. Like being able to pick a metagame the way he does is unheard of. And like he, him and his brother top eighted those GPs all playing different decks each time. You like nobody else can do that kind of stuff. Nobody else can change. Like why would you change your deck? It's so hard to convince yourself to change a deck after top eighting a GP in the same format. And he is so in tune with what's going on that he's he's doing things a little different than everyone else and uh he also like is a one of the first advocates of like these full transformational sideboards that i can think of like going having these like four two drops in the sideboard of your decks to like go aggro on some matchups or not and then like eventually you show up to a tournament without them because people expect you to have them and he just does that kind of stuff he's i don't know he's an all-time great to me all right. I, I think that makes complete sense. Um, but as, as your name is uh, Andy Football Peters, is Devin Hester going to be in the Hall of Fame? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't vote for him. <laughs> All right. Um, on Twitter, Derek, I, I noticed on my feed a lot of free U.S. stuff is, is liked by you. What, what's your take on that? I'm like, oh, man, it's appearing on my feed again because Derek Pike freaking liked it. So oh, uh, Fournier, Fournier tweeted – on his like irony account like you're a coward unless you retweet this and so i'm not a coward and i just snap retweeted it uh i don't think they should ever free you yeah i think that's ridiculous uh like lock him up put him away same with all the other cheaters i don't care if marcio has a million top eights or wins another pt or if he has one one or cues for another mox I, i don't care he can go away forever also i also like does the Hall of Fame mean anything? Do we know? Because I just don't care about the Hall of Fame at all. I thought, like, when I was younger, I thought it was really cool. Like, I wanted to be in the Hall of Fame. I just don't care anymore. It, I'm just so far removed from wanting specific people to be in it or caring if specific people are in it that I just haven't thought about it. And the Twitter discourse is significantly worse this year than others because I don't care. I have no concern whether... Seth Manfield is a, a dick at the table or if he shuffle cheats or if he stalls or whatever, like, I don't care. I just don't care. But I don't, I think that's a reasonable stance. Uh, I, I'm assuming Elliot, you feel the same way. Yeah. I think if you ever cheated, you should be uh, like never allowed to be play magic again. And definitely more importantly than that, not be allowed to be in the hall of fame. I think uh, I think I mentioned once, and a lot of people have the same sentiment. Is like, I do, I don't think like you get to like you don't get you don't get the redemption if whatever you want to call it without admitting you did it. Otherwise, you still you're still cheating me. You just did it like five years ago. You're still cheating, Pete. You're still cheating people out of their accomplishments until you admit it. John, John, uh, any? I mean, again. I mentioned this every episode that I, that about you, which is that you're relatively new to the competitive seat. But uh, any any quick thoughts on on the Hall of Fame for you? It's hard for me to kind of like frame the the question here because I don't know what the cutoff is. I don't know um, what the quality of players should like what accomplishments you need. It seems arbitrary. I will say that um, I'm highly against cheaters or anyone like 
that have been disqualified for whatever reason uh, getting into something like the Hall of Fame here. Like, I'm more in the boat of, like, you should never be able to play um, again if you do. Because, like, it's like you're just, like, stealing from other people. You're stealing people's time. You're stealing people's um, uh, people's potential winnings. Like, it's theft. And, like, <clears throat> apologizing and just, like, coming clean and returning your winnings is, like, step one, I think. But, like when I see things about Mar- Marcio Carvalho or like other cheaters like that, it just like disheartens me, you know, like it's a fun hobby for many people and like people still want to cheat and like insist on doing that and continuing to like ro- roam about and just like try to make the Hall of Fame despite that. Like I, I just can't buy. All right. That, that makes sense to me as well. Um, any for, for you, any, any up, upcoming, what's, what's next for you, Annie? Let's start with you. Um, in the next couple of months, in the next couple of weeks, rather. In the next couple of weeks, I'll just maybe play some of the fun arena events or play some of the challenges on Sunday. I have Sundays off of work, and I think there's always a legacy challenge, so I'll probably just keep playing those. I've played two now, and uh, I have quite a bit of fun playing them, so that's, uh, that's about all they'll let me play, Car. <laughs> um, uh, Derek, what about you? Is there an, another 3K Open coming up or, or anything uh, of note? Yeah, there's there's one every month in uh, Kitchener at the Bingham's Water Park, if you know where that is. If you know, you know. Um, other than that, periodic moto things and whatever MCQ is in Toronto. Uh, I know some people drive to Buffalo or Rochester, um, Detroit area. I just don't really care that much right now. Um, same thing with like Montreal, Ottawa, I guess. I don't know when GP Montreal actually is. I will be going there. Montreal is my favorite city in the entire world that I've ever been to so far. So I don't think I would miss that for the world. Um, so you, you'll definitely be able to catch me there. John, is there a chance you're coming down? Yeah, my, my, my company's headquarters in Montreal, and we've talked about just, like, having a work trip during uh, – it's, it's October, <laughs> by the way. So that would be nice. Like, I think I'm, like, a 50-50 shot. I would give myself 50-50 shot to be there uh, in GP Montreal. That would be pretty cool. Wait, you're convincing people at work to take a work trip? Are you muted or I can't hear you? Yeah, no, like, it's uh, – like, my boss keeps saying it's nice to, like – uh, have FaceTime and just like work with like headquarters once in a while. And I, I, I threw out October first week and he's like, yeah, that's probably fine. So <laughs> by some sure coincidence, there's all, all there's also event there. So, okay, I'll take advantage of that. So maybe I'll be there. All right. Hopefully you can convince your boss. Um, the, the few times we've spent together in Montreal, I think maybe it was once or twice. We just met at, quickly at the store. Yeah, exactly. That was a nice hit and run. Like it, it was like a one minute of hey, I know you. Hey, I know you too. See ya. <laughs> I was like here, here's a here, here's your box or whatever. Here's your cards for for the article. Um, well, so we we didn't get the the, the foodie experience. So, what, what's your Montreal foodie uh, recommendations? Or if if have you had the chance to to go to different places here? I need to eat all the meat and poutine places. I've only been to some. I think it, I think they're good. I still haven't been to like what is it called, uh, Bankrees or something like that. I know there's like a lot of ethnic food, so like you definitely got to show me around uh, next time I'm in Montreal or give me a recommendation. Oh yeah, you went to Poulmoulier, wet wet chicken, and uh, that was great. Yeah, that's across the street from the Bankrees. Um, are we all going to be here at, at Magic Fest Montreal? Is this going to be like a, a new first strike little meetup here, Andy? 
Everyone's here? Uh, Elliot doesn't know yet, but I'm certainly staying on his couch. He's not. What? Oh, I'm staying on his couch. He's getting a hotel. <laughs> Why? Why? What's going on? Look, he stayed last time, and, you know, I'm still trying to clean it off the snap. <laughs> okay. We'll leave it at that. Um, some, some other news. Um, Magic's finally coming to the Mac. Does that apply to anyone here? No siree. Epic Game Store exclusive, isn't it? It's not an exclusive. You can also get it on their website. But it's the exclusive third-party provider. How does that even... What is that? Is that like a a Steam? It's like Steam, yeah. Except it's a little shittier. But for Mac? No, well, it's for like Windows and Mac, but they're just like also finally porting Arena over to Mac. Okay, so it's... It's just like a, another Steam, so for, people can just download it from that, or, or I guess it's just similar. It's a competitor. It has its own set of games. Exactly. Okay. Um, there's a companion app that, that came out this week. I haven't had a chance to check it out. I can't imagine either, any of you guys have either. Should have just yeah, downloaded I, it before the show. I use it for all my weekly Commander Games car. <laughs> you, <laughs> I'm going to have to check it out after I the see, show. I saw a picture of it on Twitter. Elliot, who's your commander? Uh, Kethis. What does that do? Uh, it's just the first legend that came to my head. It's the Abzan one that's in the new standard deck. What's your What's your favorite combo out of that deck? Uh, D- Diligent Excavator and Mox Amber. How does it work? Watch Stan Sifka's stream, I don't know. Oh, does he stream commander now? I thought we were talking about the standard deck. No, you said you had a commander deck and... Kethis was your commander. All right, Derek, you called my bluff. I don't play commander. Why would you lie to the viewers like that? This is unbelievable. This is my first time back in months, and you're lying to me and the viewers? I'm desperate for clout. And, you know, if if even two people listening to this said, Elliot plays commander, I'll check out his Twitter, which is at Elliot underscore Fortier, then that's all I was looking for. I can't believe I just set you up like this, and you won't even let Andy sleep on your couch. This is unbelievable. You want to sleep on my couch? Do I want to sleep on your couch? Yeah, I'm changing my name to Andy Football Peters at twitter.com. <laughs> All right, for, for, for one final topic, um, this is um, a topic that comes up every now and then as Watsi tries to do different things to try to get the viewer viewers to come watch Twitch or care about the MPL, and then our old co ex co host, Mr. Brian Gottlieb, sometimes comes back. I'll have to get him to come back sometime um, this year before the end of the year. Uh, he said, in it, he posted this on his Twitter, but he said this in a Discord channel. I assume it was in the Arena Deckcast uh, Discord. Viewer investment is the biggest thing missing. People cling to personalities and become fans. Because of commonality, current structure gives nothing for viewers to bond with. If you want the MPL to be a flagship, highly viewed product, it doesn't have to be. It can just be the thing for super enfranchised, super ultra minority that can appreciate nuance. You need to create new attachment points. They're to fairy main like me, especially when much of the MPL will be giving up streaming. I don't care about Brawl as a product, but if you believe in it, as Watsi, your goal is to make me care and fandom is contagious. And... Uh, you know, I do. I have heard through the grapevine of uh, many pros who will not be streaming 
uh, next year because it's not no longer required and because a lot of them just don't enjoy the grind of streaming. Uh, Derek, can you relate to that, to the grind of streaming? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it is quite the grind. You got to – like most people don't understand how, um, how hard it is. And a lot of people, when they do something as a profession, they went to school to do it. Like if you, if you know how to use Excel, you went to school to use Excel. You went to school to micromanage with other people. You went to school to uh, market things to people. You didn't go to school to learn how to post to Twitter in an engaging way how to make sure that you keep up on your Instagram, that you don't say bad things on the internet to declout yourself, that you look presentable and shower every day. Like there's so many things that people aren't, aren't doing and it looks very bad for them. And like, nobody really understands how to do it optimally. And people are just throwing darts at a board. And meanwhile, you have people who are doing variety games just with millions of viewers a day and they're just doing it infinitely better and you have these magic players making poor content and I don't know what's going on like this is so difficult it's like no like nobody knows what they're doing there's a lot of bad content out there and you're not getting viewers it might be because your content's bad or like maybe you're not doing the right content like I don't know it's it's very very difficult not a lot of people grasp that uh, there, there's a there's an awkward scenario for for some of these pros that I'm pretty sure won't be streaming uh, next year. It's like they they have subs and then they I don't know if they're gonna tell their listeners like oh I'm not you know are you streaming next year? They're gonna be like ah maybe I'll think about it uh, I don't know so they won't know uh, that as well. Um, but but I just know it's tough. Like people don't um, you have to if you have a schedule you have to come in loving loving magic loving the grind loving to interact with the same fans some of the same fans over and over again and um andy but andy you loved it at some point are you are you planning to get back into the streaming game almost certainly never why why not why not what's going on we were trying to we were trying to convince john to stream uh it's uh it's emotionally draining and takes away from like your free time of doing this thing you like. And it makes it so you like it less because you're putting on a show or doing work or you can't just like sit there with like your head in your hands, not talking. You have to, you feel pressure to keep doing stuff and it's sometimes not enjoyable to keep doing stuff. And I, uh, like I liked streaming, but, uh, with working full time and going to school, I can't use my free time like that. It uh, it won't let me recharge, so to speak. All right. Derek, what, what do you think, um, if you have any opinion, what Watts you could do to make people care about the MPL? Surely, we know your stream. I guess people can relate to you. Uh, people can relate to being that moto grinder, trying so hard to win those trophies. And, and I, I, I like I, – I, market you whenever I get the chance on my own Twitter feed as the, as the trophy champion of the trophy hunter. Um, yeah. Like what about you? What, what might draw you to, to a personality or, or care about something like the MPL or rivals more? I think that star city games does it very, very well. They, uh, they make a bunch of names out of basically nobody's on the SCG circuit and take, take that how you, how you want. But uh, when I categorize good players, I don't think of SCG winner winners. I think of GP winners and pro tour appearances. But meanwhile, 
I'm sure you know a lot more SCG grinders names than you do GP winners. I can guarantee nobody knows who Rob Lombardi is. Uh, if you like ask somebody, if you're like, Hey, if you're like, uh, Hey, like you won the SCG last week, do you know Rob Lombardi? They're like, no. It's like, okay, do you know this random guy that won an SCG three months ago? That's been showing up on the SCG stream every single day, uh, with his deck tech and what deck he was playing and why he likes this archetype and his team that he's on and like team Nova or whatever. And, they, they just pump so much, so much info into marketing. I think if you want to get people interested in people, you have to just throw them into the internet. Just be like, Hey, here's some random facts about person A for 30 seconds, a hundred times a day. Um, here's a personality, uh, that's been building for the past five years. They've put in a lot of work. Um, when, like when we talk about Reed Duke, the one thing everybody talks about is how nice of a person he is and all these great Reed Duke stories. We wouldn't know that unless people shared them and people are sharing them because they like Reed Duke. Uh, so it's like sort of like a circle, a cyclical thing. Like once you start doing it, it compounds on itself. Wizards has never done that. They did it once for the Reed Duke GP and that was sick. That was one of the sweetest things I've ever watched. They have not done it again. And the MPL this year, I think, the reason they're getting rid of it is because it's not making the money. And I think it shows that they're not doing a good enough job in promoting their players and getting people excited to watch streamers. And Star City Games does a very good job of that. I mean, has anyone else, like, who, who visits SCG at, at the regular? I feel like we've had previous guests. I see his face all the time now. Matthew Diltz is on, like, every banner that they have. I don't, anybody else what is that? But it's kind of cool. It, it, it's just like it's one of the many things that they do. Um, you know, Br- Brian, I mean, J- obviously Jerry helped by bringing him on to the arena, arena deck cast, but they've made him a commentator, a premium writer. And now I think he's gaining, he's been gaining a lot of momentum and, and uh, reach. Um, his Twitter uh, following was real paltry when he first started. And then once he jumped onto the arena deck cast and jumped on the SCG side, I think it's been snowballing a little. And uh, we have a bunch of Twitter people that I see that I just, uh, you're right there, that I've never talked to, I've never seen play, but I recognize because they're the ones that are being pushed and retweeted by, by other followers constantly. And uh, I mean, I, I guess some of the problem is no one really checks the, the magic website for, for content anymore. Like the mothership. I, I feel like as a competitive player, none of us really check that site. Right. Never. And so like, where, where could, could they be spamming all of this content, right? All of these images and what we're seeing though. And I think John, John mentioned it last episode is that we're seeing more activity from their different uh, magic Twitter accounts. Right, John. Yeah, uh, it seems like it's Rachel Agnes, and uh, when uh, I think as an example, like when they uh, announced the OP changes, and she was at least very responsive. And it's like they also that account also start started to like tweet memes, which I thought was like it must be Rachel, and I think she's doing a good job so far. But um, if I can, if I can also add on the topic here, like I think um, magic, like what it lacks is the rel- relatability of. Uh, between the pros and the average gamer. Like if you look at Dota or LOL, for example, you know, you see like a cool juke or a cool combo or like a great team fight. 
it can inspire kids to go say, oh man, that was a cool, that was a cool build of, you know, like Shadow Fiend or whatever. I'm going to go to a pub game and try. If it's like sports, it's okay. That was a great crossover or that was a great shot by Kobe. I'm going to give it a try. It's relatable or it has the illusion of being relatable. But magic, it's like, it's a hard uh, um, spectator sport, right? Because like, it's not relatable to the common people. And even like marketing in terms of marketing people, it's like you don't have many people that have identities. Like, well, he's a, he's a lifelong control player. He's a junk player. Like we see so, so little of those, but whereas on star city games, people market John Ross marketed John Ross as the just guy guy or uh, Edgar and Dilks as the amulet guy. And then, you know, you have a small following that uh, of people, uh, that, that are fans of those uh, decks, that archetypes that really like them, and they they get a following and they get Twitter follows. So I think like Magic can do a bit a better bit of a better job marketing that or marketing an angle that they haven't marketed before. But Magic as a whole, I think it's hard to be relatable because like you still need like Arena has cool graphics, but you still need to know the cards. You still need need to know the rules of the game. And unlike Counter Strike or Dota, like it, it's a bit hard in that regard. Yeah, yeah, that's why I, I'm personally pessimistic as to like the, the ceiling basically of how, how well they could do it, even if they did their best. Um, I think SG is doing the best that they can uh, to build these stars and it's working and it's, it's um, but you know, if, if, if Magic did that, how, how, what was the ceiling and, and how good can, can they market the sport, um, this eSport? So that, that's interesting to me. Shout outs to Archangelic76. Who uh, laughed at when you said "great sh- shot by Kobe," and uh, as uh, our boy Max Kellerman says, Andy, that uh, he's one of the most at one point inefficient shooters of his time, and uh, he gets a lot of flack for that. But shout out to first take Stephen A. And Max Kellerman, despite John's uh, <laughs> hate for that show. Bottom ten tw- decade team, or whatever he called him. <laughs> oh yeah, call him bottom ten, the most. The most, he said the most. He was like the number one, um, caused the most harm to his team. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Kobe Bryant. Um, wow. Lots of stuff going on in the back. Lots of, uh, I don't know, Fortnite action or something. Um, so we're, we're going to wrap things up. A- any thoughts? Uh, Elliot, do you have any thoughts of how you could see uh, the MPL or, or Spectator Magic uh, having more success? I. I think that one of the biggest issues that Magic run runs into is like to go back to the difference between it and either like in like a traditional esports like Dota or Counter Strike is like when you're watching Dota, if you're a casual player, it's still obvious to you what like an insane play is. You know, either like you know if someone's ultimate catches a bunch of players or there's like an insane juke or something. It's like very easy for you to identify that uh, and get excited about it. But for the average Magic player watching someone, you know, like Brad Nelson, who might, you know, perfectly manipulate his way through a game, you know, like if you're watching it on mute and you don't have like the commentators who, who may pick up on it and be able to tell you that it's happening, it's really hard to tell when something like great happens in Magic. Other outside of like, you know, RNG, I feel like, all of like magic's great moments that I can think of that are like the most exciting have like the most clicks on like the magic, uh, YouTube channel are all like crazy RNG moments. You know, you think you like the lightning helix, um, the ignite memories, you know, all of these boil down to like not a great play, but just such 
you know, like it was just the top of the deck. Uh, and so what, like when SCG focuses more on the players and like shoving the players down your throat, um, in a good way, you know, like the S the players we see on SCG, you, you don't even get their, uh, personalities. A lot, like most SCG viewers will never see really Jonathan Rossum talk about magic unless he gets a deck deck. I think he streams a bit, but like compare that to the MPL where you just have the MPL weekly broadcast telling you that these players are good. There's no GP coverage where they're like constantly featured when there is the, the GP coverage that's rare, you get, you know, 12 rounds of people you've never heard of. And and if you're lucky three rounds of world-class players. So I think that the direction Watsi needs to move in is not necessarily having brad nelson play against someone else in brawl it's just uh, having gp coverage and having these players constantly exposed and and just keep showing them there's three rounds of every gp that has no mpl players in it assuming there's any in the field and just spend the rest of it showing an mpl player there's no reason to not be using these players if you've access to them i like that um do you think it's possible that that this game is just not made for this, and and we're never going to see the success that uh, we want to see? I mean, at its core, magic to watch is like not ex- as exciting and flashy as uh, you know football, Dota, League of Legends, any of those games. So, and the I think the biggest issue that Magic was facing before Arena came out is that if you have no idea what's going on whether you're watching a paper magic tournament or, or a moto stream, it's impossible for you to pick what to pick up what's going on. And that's true for people who have never seen uh, magic before. And even people who casually play at their kitchen table or play commander. Uh, and one of the things we touched on when I remember talking about this on the show, when arena was first announced was that Hearthstone, if you've never seen the game before, you have no idea what's going on. A creature attacks another creature. It flies up in the air and smashes into it, and you see big numbers change. It's super obvious to tell what's going on, and and that's where magic has failed up until Arena. And so, I does paper magic coverage need to step aside and have everything be on Arena in order to capture the the percentage of viewers who aren't enfranchised already? I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I'm I'm hoping there's a me, uh, a happy medium because I really enjoy Paper Magic, but it, that is like I think the biggest block for Magic right now is that it, if if you don't already know what's going on, it's it's impossible for you. All right, um, I'm thinking about like I'm always interested in vlogs or the misplaced vlog that uh, I'm always hoping to see. Um, that's why like, I always message you guys when, when Cedric comes out because he's one of the, arguably, he has to be one of the biggest stars in the game. He works at not only SCG, but at least when I last talked to him, he was one of the big big promoters or uh, marketers for Ultimate Guard representatives. So he's got a lot of clout. He's got a lot of power in the community. And uh, he came up with these vlogs that remind me of these professional vlogs from YouTubers like like Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. He went to have a guy follow him around different events, uh, magic events, and film him. 
And I think well, what's intriguing for me is like even a big star like him, the, the views don't really match up to that. So I guess, I guess to me, like that part still confuses me um, as to how to make compelling vlogs that people care about as I try to try to pray for like the next misplaced vlog to hit like YouTube trending success. I mean, I mean, I guess people just don't really care about Cedric. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, it's funny. I, cat uh, at Hellcat, hear me roar or something, whatever on Twitter. She, she did a vlog of, I don't want to know what SCG was last weekend, but I like, I haven't watched the video, but I, I read her Twitter thread about it. There's at least a couple people who are like, oh, I miss uh, Chion's vlog, Gabby's vlog, and Marshall's vlog. So I think like now that Kat's doing it and people are like voicing their their opinions on it, like it could pick up. I do think that it's the one thing that hasn't been one of the one things that hasn't been touched. And is like even if you do it poorly, if you're just like shooting the shit with friends at a magic event, that's always fun. Like everybody loves the gathering. So if you just videotape that and make it a little funny and edit it well, you got a video. Why not just throw it on YouTube, right? Like, to me, I think uh, I think it it's a good thing, a good direction that people should move in, uh, and I'm hopeful for what could come. Maybe we'll have a misplaced log come along. I still have some video coverage from last year's GP Montreal and PT London, so... Yeah, I'm going to look up this quick, but they, they even had, like, he even had Gabe Sang on his last one, and just didn't get there, man, and I, I want him to get there. I think that's the type of, like, professional vlogs I want to see more, and uh, I'm just curious if, like, someone that's way more famous than me can't get it done. There must be, like, a different twist. I'd have to look at the Gabby, the, the Paul Chian stuff to see, like, what people enjoy, the interesting stuff. Is it, like... You know, places like you said, like just them chilling and talking BS, just shooting the shit or them like going to different places to eat. Like what what do people like to learn about to, to make them, again, relate them to the vlogger, relate them themselves to misplaced ginger and his trophy hunting ways and, and, and his inverted camera techniques. You know, <laughs> the first one was like, hi, I'm like what? Why do I have to like watch like this? <laughs> All right. Um, any last words from any of you? Shout out to Tangrams in the Twitch chat. No, we're good. We're good. We're all set. These guys for Vegas, all set to cheer for them. If you guys have any thoughts, of course, on Hall of Fame, on how you, you would make MPL or watching professional magic more interesting, um, my thoughts, or how, how to make what you care about in a personal vlog, just tweet at us because I actually – it's not, I'm not just saying this. I actually care about these answers because they will direct me to, you know, whether suggest different content or how to edit friends content or do some vlogs in the future myself. I definitely want, okay, we should definitely do this. We should promise this there. You should do a vlog for G Magic Fest Montreal and I should do one. And we'll see like, we'll see who gets the better vlog. I mean, and experiment and see what works, what doesn't work, share ideas. And uh, John, John's all up for that. Me and you, John, at the Bonkies. That's gonna be what me, you, P. Sams, because he always says I bail him at the Bonkies, eating the nicest poutine in the house. So that's going to be a sick vlog. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> support the show, go to patreon.com slash first strike, or easily just subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app, whether it be Anchor, Pocket Cast, 
Google Play. There's a bunch of free options, but the paid options, the ones that cost about you know, 50 cents or a dollar or, or sometimes five bucks, those are really awesome. Like I use Pocket Cast myself and I use that to listen to all my podcast podcasts and it, it, it was just a one-time fee. Now I'm, I'm lifetime subscribed to it. So download a, a podcast app if you haven't already and uh, we'll see you in the next one with the future MCQ and Magic Fest champion as our special guest. So with that, that camera back to me and I'll fix it next time. I'll put my camera in this like small window. See you guys next time and thanks for joining us. Love you. Off? What's vlog off? You said are we off? Vlog off. Have a vlog off. Hmm. All right. Fucking hungry. Vlog off. Bye, guys. Thanks a lot. Wait, Car, have you had Shea Claudette before? Shea Claudette? I have been there once, yes. That rings a bell. It looks like shit, that place. Is that the hot dog uh, tent? No, it's not a tent. No, it's just like it looks, um, it looks awful. I was yeah. had it a few times and it's been really good. I was told it's the best poutine in all of Montreal. So I like Bonkies the most, not because maybe I I don't judge by taste, but because they they mix in the exact amount of funky stuff. Like mm. they have the the right amount of choices. Other places it's just like okay, it's either pizza or it, like pizza flavor, like. Uh, sausages or whatever them it's like they have they have some combos where it's like hmm interesting i gotta try that and, and, and it turns out really good so recommend me when i'm there in october man we're gonna, yeah we're gonna vlog it your your first uh bonkies experience i'm in all right see you guys good night everyone yeah. i